Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Good morning again. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to John chapter 5. Today, we are going to put a wrap on this series of messages that has been titled the human condition this is message three of three and we have taken a deep dive into answering the question why evil suffering death exists in a world created by a holy and loving God uh, why mankind has the problems that it does and I believe we spent some time last week answering that question why everybody wants to know why why cancer why greed why theft why assault why sickness why disease why loneliness why murder why death why 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 baby why and the answer to that question quite simply is sin there is sin that is in the world because of the first sin of the first man and woman and because of the sin that we each commit with our acts and our thoughts and the intents of our thoughts. And so we have what is known as a curse, as a fallen nature, and all mankind is exposed to this fallen nature. And you know, we live in a world right now that thrives on our fears. Many of you have just come out of open enrollment for your insurance. Now, we did that too with my company, and I enrolled in their insurance plan that they provide. They also provide um, the option to enroll in many other types of insurances that provide each and every circumstance that you could imagine in life. And I did the math and I calculated that if I were to enroll in every insurance option that they provided, I would take home about 25% of my actual check. So I just stick with the basics, folks, and hope for the best, right? <laughs> and so that's kind of the boat that we're all in. And the reason that uh, humanity can play on our fears and the reason that, you know, insurance is such an attractive appealing thing to us is because we think about all the things that could possibly happen you know we are a people who by our very fallen nature we want control and we want knowledge we want to know how things are going to happen we want to plan them out and we want them to go exactly according to the way that we plan it and if that doesn't happen well then something's wrong and someone's to blame and that is just the wrong attitude to have because things happen that are outside of our control we just cannot make things go and happen the way that we want them to happen but that is part of the fallen nature of mankind you know we are out of control and we are without divine knowledge you know our greatest hope is to trust in the lord and to patiently wait on him and to find acceptance with the things that he allows to come into our lives easier said than done right yes I would agree with you that is easier said than done but it must be done 
If we are to carry on in this life with the fallen nature that we have and to find any contentment in this life, then we must come to a place where we accept what God allows into our lives. Because there is a day that is coming where the chaos that we see on this earth will pale in comparison to the chaos to come. And that day is coming soon and it will be a chaos the likes of which the world has never seen before. But you can feel it with all of humanity. There is a tension with humanity. There is a struggle within the human race. There is fear. There is great anxieties. And all of these things are part of our fallen nature. And we see something uh, in the news or we hear about something even in our own families or someone that we love and fear is ratcheted up and it can be because of the sin that is in our lives and the certain destiny that we face. Our principle for today is this. God offers the free gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, everyone who believes in Jesus has eternal life and passes out of death and into life. Now, that is going to be the conclusion of this series today, the human condition. God is going to offer an opportunity. He is going to offer a way of escape a way of restoration, and it comes through His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, God is always working to preserve and to save mankind, to spare mankind from itself. Man's fallen nature is constantly working to destroy itself. And so we have a good, holy, righteous, and loving God that works in the midst of my friends, listen, that works in the midst of a broken, lost, and fallen world. This world is fallen. It is broken. Your nightly news will tell you that story. But a holy, loving God is working in the midst of all of this because of the initial sin that took place in the garden that corrupted his initial creation that he created perfectly now we're all in the state that we're all in together humanity faces this fallen nature our statement of faith here at creekside church for the condition of human beings it's a very good one and it reads like this and i've read this the previous two weeks it says this we believe all people are created in the image of god to be like him in character however we are all marred by sin both from Adam's original sin as well as our own sinful acts. Our sin alienates us from God, makes us liable for his judgment, and ultimately results in eternal death. Now, here's the kicker. Apart from God's salvation. Our sin results in an eternal death. When I say eternal death, I mean an eternal separation from God. Now, when I say eternal separation from God, those words may not strike at your heart. But I would like for you to take a moment to just contemplate what it means to be separated from God. It means to be separated 
from everything that God represents. You see, there is no goodness, there is no joy, there is no peace apart from God. If God was not displaying his graciousness here, whatever type of suffering that you're going through now, whatever type of pain that you have right now, is nothing compared to what it would be like completely separated from the presence of God. It is a gracious act of mercy by God that we only endure what we're enduring right now. Because apart from him, it would be a whole lot worse. I would like you to turn to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. And look at verses 22 and 23. These right here give a good outline of what the fruits of the Spirit are. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit... Now you'll notice that the word spirit is in capital S. And so that's referring to the third person of the Trinity. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. Because these things do not come naturally by mankind. Mankind is marred by sin and has a fallen nature. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control these are all the things that god represents and these are all the things that god gives to the world these things come from the spirit of god they are the fruits of the holy spirit of god and apart from god they do not exist so when i say a life or an eternity separated from the presence of god that has to hit very heavy because that means a an eternity separated from those very things. An eternity separated from joy. An eternity separated from peace, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. All of these things will be outside uh, or only within the presence of God and are not found outside of God's presence. And that also means being separated from the love of God and the assurance and the hope that God provides. Folks, life outside of the presence of God, and in particular, an eternity away from the presence of God, is what sin has destined mankind towards. And so God wanted to fix that. Now, you may not believe this, but there are moments when I wake up in the middle of the night and I find that I have no blankets covering me. <laughs> now, I don't know why. There's an investigation going on right now. We have a few leads, and we're not going to mention any names, but when you wake up in the middle of the night, and there's nothing covering you. It can be pretty cold, especially when the ceiling fan is still on high speed. <laughs> but that can be a lost and lonely feeling. And it's in those moments when I realize the life outside the presence of God might feel a little something like that. But perhaps that illustration there just doesn't do it justice. This is a time of year that can be very difficult for a lot of people. 
This is a time of year where we think about those that we have loved in the past that maybe are no longer with us here today on the earth to share in this type of season. Maybe this will be your first Christmas apart from someone that you've loved. And so those thoughts can be very depressing. And they can try to cut into your joy and take away from the warmth of the season. Have you ever been lost in a store? You know, I remember when I was a little kid and I got, I thought I was lost. I was actually just misplaced from my parents. You folks remember the old Van Lunens over there in the off North Bend and Chevy at the old Van Lunen store? I was in there one time and got separated from my parents and I thought, oh no, right? That feeling of being lost and not knowing where your people are at. It's a very crushing and devastating feeling to a young person. And so I try to imagine and meditate on what it might feel like to be outside of God's presence and to not know where God is. And I came to the conclusion there's really nothing that I've ever experienced in this life I don't think that could do justice to what that might actually feel like. And as I read what the fruits of the Spirit were, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I thought, well, I guess it's kind of easy to think of what life might be like without those things, but not really. So there's really not a good illustration I can give you of what life without God can feel like. But I can tell you this. That the world, even with all the chaos that's in it and the corruption of mankind's fallen nature... There is still goodness in the world, and it's only because God's presence is still here. He has not completely removed his presence. If God completely removed his presence right now, all of those good things, it would be the complete and total opposite. You see, because God has the whole world in his hand, and he holds all things together. And if he removes his presence, then everything would just implode upon itself and come to a fiery destruction. No one would survive. Mankind's fallen nature and the curse of sin. You know, it has corrupted mankind and the image of God that he created us in. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about how mankind is made in the image of God. There's a mental, moral, and a social likeness that God created us in. And that has all been corrupted by sin. And now we have a fallen nature. And so our mental, the mental image that God created us in has been corrupt. The mentality. You think about the things that mankind devises. The type of wickedness that man t mankind uh, plans out against his fellow man and, and all of the sin, the morality, the immorality, the total disregard of human life, the total disregard for God, how we cheapen human life. We will take a human life simply for the clothes that they wear, the car that they drive. We will assault them. We will break into their homes and murder them. 
because they have a material possession that we would like to have. That's what humanity does. That is how mankind has become corrupt morally. The social behavior of mankind, we destroy people. We destroy relationships. All of those things, the mental, moral, and social likeness of God has all been corrupted because of our sin. And so now, God's wrath and God's judgment rests upon all unbelievers because of our fallen nature. Look what it says there in the scriptures. John three thirty six. He who believes in a son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. John three eighteen. He who believes in me is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What that means is that our sin, the sin of the first man and woman, and our sin collectively puts judgment and wrath upon us. And until we believe, unless we believe in Jesus Christ and trust in God's plan of salvation, that wrath and that judgment remains upon us. And it will be satisfied upon us apart from God's salvation apart from trusting in Jesus Christ that judgment and wrath cannot be taken away except through Jesus you know God's wrath needed to be satisfied because God detests sin he can't be in the presence of it because he himself is the opposite of it he is righteous, he is holy, and he is just, just. With God's wrath, it required that it be poured out. God's judgment is required to be poured out and to be administered. So this puts God in quite a position. I want to pretend for just a moment to get into the mind of God. And I want you folks to play along with me here. Let's get into the mind of God here. And I want to go over this statement with you. I have, I have created mankind that I love. This is God speaking. I've created mankind that I love. But they have chosen to disobey. They've brought sin into my creation. And they've corrupted themselves and all that I made for them. And all that I made for my glory but I love them I love them I love mankind and I'm going to provide a way for them to be restored to me and provide a way that my holy wrath and my judgment can still be carried out but not on them Therefore, I will put my own son, Jesus, in their place and I will pour my righteous wrath and just judgment on him for them. Jesus Christ stood in our place. Jesus 
hate it all. And when we go to a restaurant, my in-laws, my father-in-law in particular, when they bring the check around, and I, if I reach for it and I say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for this, he says, oh, no, you're not. Oh, you're not paying for me. You see, with Jesus, there's no arguing who's going to pick up the check. Jesus Christ did it. He paid it all. And there was no questioning it. There was no discussion about it. He willingly went, came to earth, left his abode in heaven, dwelt among sinful men, and took on all of mankind's sin. Now, it's very interesting when we think about how Jesus paid it all. There are two things that we can conclude. Number one, he became sin on our behalf. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin. That means he was perfect, unblemished, holy, spotless. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. That means all of those questions that we mentioned at the beginning. Why cancer? Why death? Why murder? Why assault? Why disease? Why? Why all of these things? All of those questions were placed upon Jesus Christ. All of those things that came into our world because of mankind's sin, the corruptness, the brokenness, the lostness, the loneliness, all of those things were placed upon Jesus Christ. Jesus actually became all of those things. Everything that is wrong with the world, everything that is wrong and corrupt with mankind because of mankind's sin, all of that was placed upon Jesus. Jesus actually became that. He became sin. And he was placed on the cross. He stood in our place. And he did what we could not do. And that was to pay it all. He also became a curse for us. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of a law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus Christ actually became the curse of sin. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the curse of sin came into the world. There was never any death before that point. There was never any murder before that point. What's the first thing they did? They covered themselves and then they hid from God. And ever since that time, mankind has been running from God. My friend, are you running from God today? Do you need to stop in your tracks right now? Turn your attention to Almighty God and say, Lord, please take me as I am and forgive me for I have sinned. Forgive my transgressions. I want to come to you. I want to be your child. And I want to be washed clean in that blood of the Lamb. I want all my sins to be taken away. You can have that right now today. He promises to do it because he became sin on your behalf. And he took the curse for you. Jesus Christ became all of these things and it was a once and for all sacrifice, a satisfactory payment. That word there is called propitiation, meaning there was nothing to add to it. 
And I know that in our way of thinking today, we're, uh, we're, we're given rewards based upon the work that we do. And so we're grown up in this and accustomed to this type of behavior where if you want something, well, you have to do something to earn it. And when we're told that we need just faith, simple faith in Jesus Christ, a simple a belief, a trust, a commitment to Jesus Christ, we might be scratching our head. Is that all? There's got to be more. My wife and I watched a movie not too long ago, and it was a very suspenseful movie, and it was very intense. And I, the ending, we were like, wow, how is this thing going to end? Because I kept clicking the thing, seeing how much time was left in the movie. There's, there's six minutes left in this movie. There's no way it's going to get to the conclusion that it needs to get to. And guess what? It didn't. And then the, the credits came on the screen, and we're just like, that's it? That's all? That movie did not end the way that it was supposed to or that it should have. It just left you hanging there. Is this it? Is this all? We don't have to worry about that with God. There is nothing left to add to what Jesus Christ has done. He was a once and for all sacrifice. He was a satisfactory sacrifice. All of God's wrath and all of God's judgment was taken out on Jesus Christ at the cross. There is nothing left for you to do, my friends, except to trust and commit to Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior and then reap the rewards of a faithful relationship with Jesus Christ. And those rewards are an eternity in the presence of God. An eternity with God as your Savior. An eternity far from the fallen nature of mankind and separated from the fruits of the Spirit, but basking in the glow of the fruits of the Spirit, being surrounded by the fruits that God has to offer because He is going to cradle you up and He is going to take you with Him. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and bring you to where I am going. God will not leave you. He won't leave you lost in Van Lunen's. He will always have his eye upon you. And because Jesus paid it all, now all believers have passed out of death and into life. And like I said, we are all eternally in God's presence. That is believers. All of those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ are considered believers and all believers will always be in the presence of God eternally revelation 21 3 and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them I I meditated on this uh this phrase right here, passing out of death and into life. And I came up with these two points here, eternally being in God's presence and then Jesus giving us an abundant life, John 10.10. 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I thought, wow, what, is it, what does it mean to have passed out of death and into life. 
And quite simply, what I was able to gather is that we all have death weighing down upon us. Yes, a physical death, but it's much more than that. The anxieties and the struggles and the hostilities and the whirlwind of emotions and the storm that we have within ourselves and in our minds is all because we carry around the wrath and the judgment of God and eternal death upon us because of our sin. Mankind I'm speaking of as a whole. And all of that explains why man does the things that he does. Why society and people do the things that they do. How there will never be harmony and unity on an earth that exists with sin. Right? You will never have that. Not until God takes all sin away. And I thought, well, what does it mean? What does it really mean? And I, to pass out of death, it means that you have all of that burden has been relieved off of you. Everything from your past has now been washed clean. It has been forgiven you. All of your sins and all your transgressions, all of the evil intents and thoughts of your heart have been wiped away and washed new. Why? Through your faith in Jesus Christ. Everything that you're dealing with in your present life. Now we have peace and assurance. We can go into our daily life knowing that, you know what? This little, this little fire over here and that little fire over there and, uh, and I see this person really stressing out and they're going to try and bring that stress uh, over in here into my little happy space right here and they're going to try and bring this problem over into this little space right here. But you know what? We can handle that. How can we handle that? We can do that because we have assurance and peace. Where did that peace come from? Well, that storm got calmed when we settled the question, my eternity is settled. I leave here today. I don't know what's going to happen. I could get hit at this intersection by a bus heading down to the Bengals game. And that could be it. Local pastor loses life as hurried Bengal fans rush off to the game. But there's peace and assurance. My friends, I want you to be people of peace and people of assurance. I do not want you swept away by the storms of life. I want you on steady and stable ground. Anything and everything can be thrown at us at any time. And all we have is the promises of God. Passing out of death and into life is a wonderful promise, not only of our past and our present, but of our future. We have a certain and wonderful future with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you provide through your Son, Jesus Christ, and that is a rewarding future. Not only what we have to look forward to, you, to uh, eternal life in the heavens, but what you offer in this life now. 
Father, that we can have peace with our past and that we can have the assurance of knowing that, Father, you have given us a hope and a future. Perhaps you're here this morning and you want that hope and you want that peace and you want that assurance and you want to leave here knowing that you are saved by God, that you will not spend an eternity in wrath, that you will not face the judgment of God, that you will not face an eternal hell, but that you can be with God in heaven. You can do that right now. You can ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin, to take you as a child of God, and to trust him with all your heart. Father, we thank you that you give us this opportunity, that you have displayed patience toward us. You are a good and loving Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, You've been listening to the Sunday Message with Pastor Nick Stringer.